Get commencement ready at the Montana State Bookstore, your best place for blue and gold on game day or any other day. Their grad fair sale is going on right now if you visit msubookstore.org. Free regalia? When you purchase a diploma frame at the MSU Bookstore, you can obviously visit the MSU Bookstore on the Montana State campus. The Montana State Bookstore, your best place for blue and gold on game day or any other day. Visit on campus or at msubookstore.org. On is now on ESPN Radio. On is now ESPN Radio, SWX Montana Television, and the ESPN MT app. Colter Nuan is coming to you through the ESPN MT studio here uh, at the Missoula Broadcasting Company. You missed anything in the show? You can always find it on the podcast. Podcasts available on all your various podcast hosting platforms. It's probably presented by Schulte Law. If you had a bad day, been in a car accident, Need somebody to help you out with some sort of legal crisis? Visit jschultilaw.com. Also presented by the M Store, where they're all grizz all the time. And the MSU Bookstore. Visit msubookstore.org. Carolyn, she doesn't know sports upcoming here on Nuanas Now, but first, uh, our Big Sky Documentary Film Festival coverage continues. First of all, if you are unfamiliar with this or you've never attended or anything like that, it's a wonderful uh, community event. It, it runs for 10 days every year uh, in the uh, winter, always in February, and it, it's one of the premier doc fests in the country, so it's always a fun time. We are one of the huge sponsors here at Missoula Broadcasting Company, so we are always uh, very happy to be a part of this, and I always love opening up the mic to talk to a variety of different filmmakers, because I, we talk a lot of sports, but there's a lot of things in the world that are a lot more important than sports, and uh, I think journalism and Knowledge, education, all certainly part of that. That's what a lot of these filmmakers bring to this doc fest, bring to this community, and it's uh, it's always a great time. So now in studio, joined by a couple of the filmmakers. They're joining us right as live radio comes on. So I have no idea. I haven't I've met either of these folks yet. Uh, thanks for coming in, guys. How you doing? Good, good. So I'm Coulter. I'm Daniel. Good. Daniel, hi. Ivy. Hi, Ivy. Nice to meet you guys. Well, thanks so much for uh, coming down. Congratulations, uh, first of all, on uh, having your film in the Doc Fest. So uh, the film is called Bring Them Home. And I gave you a tease in first hour, but I'll give you uh, another little synopsis here, and then we'll talk to these fine folks. First of all, uh, the details here, this film... Shows uh, on Saturday evening, 6 p.m. at the Wilma. Certainly one of the premier films of this doc fest, one of the headlining films. And it's a story of a small group of Blackfeet and their mission to establish the first wild buffalo herd on their ancestral territory since the species near extinction a century ago. So I said this in the first hour, guys, but for those that have studied Montana history and also just the history of indigenous people in Montana. This is among the most impactful things that ever happened to this part of the world. The, the, I watched about the first three minutes of your guys' film. I was so mad I had to come into work because I was like, man, I want to watch this whole thing right now. But just the beginning is chilling. And Lily Gladstone, who's reached great fame recently because of her role in Killers of the Flower Moon, she narrates this. I recognize her voice right away. Uh, but the line where they say, both the Blackfeet people and the the buffalo, the Great American Buffalo, experienced genocide simultaneously. It's chilling, mm-hmm. chilling. And so certainly, I, I I ask most of the filmmakers, what's your motivation for making this film? That's sort of it, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, this is a story that's uh, that's had it's resonated for more than a century now, as we sit here in uh, in 2024. So just tell us about this, Ivy. Just the, the motivation to make this. 
I mean, I, I come from the Blackfeet community. I was born and raised in, in Browning. And, you know, I think it, the significance of what um, bison mean to us as a people and just how important they are to not only our people, but also the uh, planet. And so I think just this was such a incredible film to be a part of. And, you know, I, I do it for my people so that, you know, they can heal and they can learn from this and bring back culture, bring back all the language that's happening. And I think making people understand that, you know, these are more than just animals, they're our relatives. That's a huge part of it, right? Especially to your people. It's not just, I think people think, oh, okay, a food source, what what the what the uh, Asian indigenous people hunted. It's more than that though, right? I mean, this is a spiritual connection. You talk about the language. So just elaborate on that part. Yeah, um, you know, I grew up traditional Blackfeet and so understanding the importance of bison in our ceremony, you know, we learned all of our songs from the bison. We learned all of our uh, ceremonies essentially from them. And so, you know, it's... It's that connection that we have to them and the connection that, you know, was almost broken to a point where, you know, you said we were both targets of genocide, yet we're still here and we're still learning all of our ways of life and helping to bring back our relative. Well, beautifully said, uh, Daniel Glick, Ivy McDowell. Ivy, the one just talking, if you're just listening on radio, but anybody that's tuning in on TV, Ivy McDowell and Dan Glick in studio with us. The film is Bring Them Home, debuts at the uh, Wilma, uh, 6 p.m. on Saturday night as part of the Big Sky Documentary Film Fest. You can also visit BigSkyFilmFest.org to stream any of these uh, movies as well. Dan, tell us just about the, sort of your involvement, your gravitation towards telling this story. Yeah, I came at it from just being interested in bison and buffalo, the animal. I was, when I moved to Montana, I just started dreaming about that animal and wanted any opportunity to spend time with it. And in 2015, I was hired to do a film about the Badger II medicine and protecting that area of of national forest adjacent to the Blackfeet Reservation. And when I was working on that, uh, the Blackfeet have a long history in that area. I saw the bison herd on the side of the road and I fell in love I, I immediately and said hey can I make a film about them and we did we did two short films in 2016 one of which showed here in at the, the festival and then that blossomed into this big one and so it was it, it started out as just a, a an excuse an opportunity to spend time with those animals and then as as I went I, I teamed up with Ivan and Ivy and uh, Ivan is Ivy's brother and our third director and um and just fell in love with the story because th- that animal is so special and that community is so beautiful. And for me, it, it just seemed like an incredible story of healing with an insane amount of adventure because you got to work closely with these 2,000-pound animals that can flat- right. flatten you in a second <laughs> if they wanted to. And so we got the opportunity to capture... The, the beauty and inspiration and kind of the rugged realness, rawness of actually being with those animals and, and also loving them and, and trying to return them. So, it, so for me, it came from a love of the animal and then by extension, it grew into a love of the community and, and feel very grateful that Ivan and Ivy joined forces and so we could tell it from like authentically, this is a Blackfeet story. Well, one part about this that I noticed that is a sort of aside from the story, but anybody that's never been up to this part of the country, I mean, 
The sunrise on the Rocky Mountain front and the mountain, I mean, there's really very few places that are like this. I, I was watching this and my wife was sitting next to me. She's like, where are they in Montana? I was like, you've never been up to that part of the world? And she's like, no. And I was like, we have to go up there. It's epic. So from a filmmaking perspective, that must have been awesome for you guys to get to show off just the beauty of the place that this is filmed at. Yeah, you just point the camera in a direction. <laughs> right. And it's, and it's beautiful. You get an Emmy for cinematography. No, no <laughs> doubt. Yeah, li- that, you know, growing up, that was your backyard. So you'd wake up and see, first thing you'd see is Glacier National Park in the mountains. And just, you know, it, I feel so proud that I'm from such a beautiful community and land. It really is. When we started going up there, it was just four of us in for the first three years until we joined up with Ivan and Ivy. And we just felt really sad every time we went home. It was it's right. just such... A spectacular place where the the mountains just fly out of the plains, and then, and then it's infinity infinity to the east, right? The infinite plains, and so it's just, it is such a spectacular location to spend time. Well, I ask uh, all the filmmakers this, but uh, I'll ask you two: What's what was the most challenging part of of making this film? I. Uh, I got one. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah. I mean, I think it was the uncertainty of what was going to happen. Sure. Because we, when we started, it was like the, the, we were following this journey of, okay, putting these animals out into the wild. And I'm not going to say whether it happened or not, <laughs> just so that people who watch the movie nah, don't want to spoil anything. Yeah, right. No but, spoiler but, alerts. But there was this, there's this long period of being like, of is this actually going to happen? Sure. Are the animals are going to be released? Because it's like it has been a very long effort, stretching back fifty years, and so it, there was just a lot of uncertainty. And every year they'd be like, "Next year, we're going to do it next year." Right. And then the next year came and it's like, "No, it's probably going to be the next year." So I won't say. At some point, we decided, "Okay, we're going to finish it, whether it happens or not." Sure, right. And then, and then. I won't say the ending, but that was a challenge in the, in the, the patience of sticking with this story for, for eight years almost. Ivy, for you, same thing. Yeah, no, you know, it's, it's funny. We tell, we have a saying in our, um, our communities about ending time. And so, you know, this was just another thing where it was like, yeah, like waiting to see if it's going <laughs> to happen or not. But, you know, it's, you know, it ending time's a saying where, Things happen when our stuff happens when it needs to happen. And so it was just, you know, the payoff and all of the hard work of many over the years. And, you know, just, you know, I won't spoil the end again, but, you know, end in time took hold, but it <laughs> prevailed. <laughs> I love it. Two, two of my great friends are actually uh, have roots uh, from where you're from in Browning. So they used to always say that as well. And it, it's, it's funny that you're able to tie that in. Nuanas Now ESPN Radio, the film. From the Big Sky Documentary Film Festival. It's called Bring Them Home. It's a documentary about uh, the first wild buffalo herd on their ancestral territory, trying to establish that at least, uh, up there on the uh, the Blackfeet Reservation here uh, in the state of Montana. Daniel Glick, Ivy McDonald uh, in studio. So what do you guys think then of being here at the film festival and, and how you feeling going into Saturday <coughs> with people about to, to see this thing up on the big screen at the Wilma? It, it's exciting, you know. It's really cool. We have a lot of our relatives coming, a lot of our um, people, and so you know, I hope we make them proud, and I hope that you know the story resonates with you know not only our our communities but you know the planet essentially. Yes, yeah, it's, it's it's weird and surreal because we only finished the film three weeks ago, and so it's wow. Yeah, okay, we were like we were sprinting to the wire, and so it's it, it's wild to 
hard to even conceive that that's going to be in front of, you know, all those hundreds of people in, in just a couple of days. It's exciting. It's also, I mean, for me, it's exciting and it's wonderful to be able to share it. And we know that at least a couple hundred Blackfeet are going to be there, which is one of the main reasons we wanted to premiere it here because it's the closest festival like this right. to the reservation. And so it's that's, I think, the most special part about this is being able to celebrate with the community, with a large amount of community members. And then later on in the year, we're going to screen it up there. Uh, oh, nice. And, and then cool. we're going to do screenings all throughout the reservation for, for the whole year. Yeah, that's awesome. Mm-hmm. Well, doing something like this for you must be so awesome, Ivy, just in terms of representing for, for where you're from and, and showing people where you're from. But also, as you said, this is such a huge part of of uh, indigenous heritage, especially on the Blackfeet Reservation. Yeah, no, it's really cool, and it's cool to be able to come back to a place where, um, you know, essentially Big Sky helped shaped a lot of me and my brother's um, filmmaking, and so it's so cool to be able to come back and have our first directorial debut here at Big Sky, where, you know, I went to film school right at the University of Montana, and so to be able to come in full circle, it's, I don't know, it's really special. A lot of times there's hidden meetings. This seems like a very uh, obvious meaning, what you guys want people to take from this. But, I mean, as, that's a question I always ask the filmmakers as well. I mean, what do you hope people take away from, from watching this film? I guess just, you know, for, I guess, at least for me, you know, knowing that these these parts of the country are rural and, you know, there's been a lot of hardship, but that, you know, we're a strong community and there's... A lot of beauty of where you know right in your backyard in montana and so you know just being able to tell the story the way the blackfeet wanted this film to be told i you know i'm excited about it uh, and for me it's uh, you know on the surface it's about respecting buffalo montana mm-hmm. in montana there's not a lot of respect for buffalo outside of certain about outside of the reservations there's right. a lot of because it's a competition with cattle and totally a lot, a lot of ranchers yep. are pretty scared and farmers are pretty scared of bison being around because hard to you know scared of competition but and so there's that level of just trying to create respect for the animal mm-hmm. and, and acknowledge that the the part that it can play in making the land healthier and then but then i think beyond that for me and this is in the film in different ways. It's the bi- the bison is a metaphor for humanity's relationship with the natural world. Wow! And so, you know, European. I'm I'm European ancestry. My culture was has been very much about dominating nature and right. humanity on the top of the pyramid, and we can do whatever the heck we want uh, without you know we're entitled to do that. Whereas you know, it, it, the the lessons of this film, the lessons of re- reconnecting with bison is recognizing humanity as a part of a much bigger web of life, a web webs of relationships, all of which are needed to have a healthy community, a healthy ecosystem, and that benefits us. If we're integrated into the whole and we respect everything else, then we, our lives are richer and our lives are healthier. So that that's a for me that's a piece that I I mean I learned working on this film. Well, beautifully said, and I, this is going to be awesome. Go watch this film. It's uh, Saturday night at the Wilma, six p.m., and uh, you can uh, you'll be able to see it other places as these guys said uh, after this film festival is over. 
But uh, this is pretty cool. It's called Bring Them Home. Again, the uh, story of a small group of Blackfeet people and their mission to establish the first wild buffalo herd on their ancestral territory since the species near extinction uh, a century ago. Daniel Glick, Ivy McDonald in studio with us here on Nuanas. Now, anything else before we get you guys out of here? Love Buffalo. Yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> Love each come, other. Come, I think, come out. I think I think it's sold out. So we, yeah. But but I what I hear is there might be some tickets available if you show up at the door right, totally. at the screening. So come and if you don't if you if you can't get in, we'll give you a hug and <laughs> tell you when you can see it next time. <laughs> if you do want to kind of if you want to get one of those tickets, come Come early. Come early. Nick Davis from the Big Shad Dak Fest is coming. Come come early, uh, right before the doors open, and uh, there'll probably be some tickets available. So, again, 6 p.m. at the Wilma. Bring them home Saturday night. Big Sky Documentary Film Festival. It's BigSkyDocFest.org if you want to see this and all the other films that are screening uh, all week long. Thanks for coming in, guys. This was awesome. Thanks for having us. Thank you. No one's now ESPN Radio. We'll have some fun. Chicken doesn't know sports on the other side. Keep it right here. 102.9 FM. Are you having a bad day? Did you get hurt and it wasn't your fault? Are you in trouble? No matter what has you down, you can take action and help yourself by letting Schulte Law Firm help you. Schulte Law Firm litigates injury, criminal, and civil matters, providing expert advocacy in any situation. Here with Dwight Schulte from Schulte Law Firm. And Dwight, your father founded Schulte Law Firm in 1987 and since then has mediated more than 3,000 family law and divorce cases. Why is he so good at that sort of law? Well, he is a smart and patient man. A lot of situations where you find yourself in need of attorney are a high conflict situation. And it's really important. And it's a a tenet of our firm that we work through litigious issues in a collaborative way. It's important at Schulte Law Firm that when we're litigating these very serious issues that impact people's lives, that we do so in a way that provides the best representation and the best result to our clients. And what we have found is that the best way to do that is to litigate these issues effectively while doing so with a high degree of professionalism. We can have these disagreements without making it personal. Visit jshultilaw.com. Oh! one is now on 102.9 ESPN Missoula. Watch the show statewide on SWX Montana Television. A fascinating song about a fascinating movie. I actually put that on the wrong spot on the outline, Andrew. That's fine. It's fine, though, because our guests weren't actually even in studio. But that's the opening song for the film we just did an interview about called Bring Them Home. It's at the Big Sky Doc Fest. And that's definitely one I'm going to watch, no doubt about it. You don't want to spend your weekends cleaning up dog poop. Weekends are for golf and watching sports. Am I right? Montana Pooper Scoobers can help free up your weekends, and it's more affordable than you think. Visit MontanaPooperScoobers.com for more information for their weekly cleanups. They can free up your time and your yard. MontanaPooperScoobers.com. You're listening to Nuanas Now here on ESPN Radio. So did you know that your teenage son is already living my dream? Which teenage son? The one that made a documentary. Oh, is that your dream? Absolutely. Really? If I could do anything in the whole world, it'd be that. Well, they have programs. You could learn how to make a documentary. Let's go. Yeah, the Big Sky Doc Film Fest. Maybe we should collab. Definitely. I already have my idea, and I have my whole outline written. I just really need somebody to teach me how to do the... I don't know how to film. Well, I know how to interview, You can hire Ben. All right. And he could be your... 
long-term project. Okay. Carol, and she does no sports. Uh, it is Big Sky Dock Fest through the end of the weekends. Awesome time of year in Missoula. I know it's not an awesome time of year in Missoula because it's the middle of February. Right. But I always love when this rolls around. It's always fun seeing all the people that come in. We actually get a front row seat to this, not only because we get great all-access passes, but we also have a bunch of the filmmakers coming in. And I just love smart people that have artistic dreams and then they enact them yeah but your boy made a documentary he that's did. filming that's showing on sunday so that's awesome tell people the details so just to give some background the doc fest offers a couple of teen programs so they have a youth fellowship which is a five-month basically course once a week where um filmmaker young filmmakers from high schools can come in and learn how to create a doc and then they create a doc, a short documentary my son ben um created a documentary on the montana pool service which is all he it's jeff amet from pearl jams super cool a nonprofit. he builds skate parks all across montana in rural communities They've been on the show before. Uh, somebody from that organization Randy. has been on the show before. Yeah, yeah then that's a, it's a cool thing. It's awesome. So they partner with Montana Skate Park Association, and they I you'll learn in the documentary how it came about. And I haven't even seen it yet. He won't let me see it. Um, but he got Jeff was Jeff and Randy Kate Jeff Amet and Randy Caton, which and Randy Caton is a local guy here in town, but he is a pretty major skateboarder from Northern Colorado. California. He, he was in it. And then um, Jeff was in it. And a couple, a couple guys from the Skate Park Association and Board of Missoula. And my other son is in it, too, as a young skateboarder. Wow. Um, cool. I'm so excited. It's going to be title? great. Tell it's called title. Behind, oh, Beyond the Concrete. Beyond the Concrete. Great title. So Sunday at 4 p.m. at the Wilma, they're showcasing five youth fellowship films. They're all about 10 minutes. Um, I think everyone should go check them out because these are the this is the future of documentary filmmaking. The people put that put on the course are amazing too. Um, just really great people. And Ben, I know, learned a ton. So I would love you guys to come support these young filmmakers. Well, very cool. Uh, good job, Ben. Good job, all the young filmmakers. Good job, all the filmmakers, period. Yeah. I love having these people in on the show, too, because a lot of times, like on Monday, we I guess it was Tuesday, we had some guests, and they, they were about to, they were half an hour away from the world premiere of their doc. Yeah. Uh, it's just such an easy question to ask them, like, how are you feeling? Like, you're about to show this thing that yeah. you worked your whole life on to probably only 10 people in the whole world have seen it, and right. you're about to show it to everybody. How you feeling? And it, it just—it's a certain level of thrill that uh, I think a lot of people don't get to experience. So pretty well, cool. And these filmmakers have put their heart and soul for no however many years into these document document. Oh my God, I can't even talk. Documentaries. Um, so it's they're really special to them and and, yes. and near and dear to their hearts so uh, i think it's i love that we have this here in missoula i think it's so cool it's definitely really cool for those that are unfamiliar that haven't engaged in this before if you're familiar with sort of like the film festival tour people know about sundance and cans and things like that this is sort of the kickoff of that and then a lot of these films will go on to that and mm -hmm. all of a sudden a lot of these films will if they do well enough, can can make their way all the way to the Academy Awards, especially some of the shorts. So I'm sure Ben's will. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> I mean, the 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 person that the, the filmmakers that win best short at this Doc Fest are automatically nominated for an Academy Award. So that's pretty sweet. Um, we also have a podcast that we put all of our interviews on uh, on Spotify. I think it's anywhere you can get. 
podcast. It's the Big Sky Documentary Film Fest podcast. Yep. So we've been doing interviews on the, our other station, The Trail, and here on ESPN yep. all week. So you can check those out. And a lot of those films are also going to be streaming. Education. It's key. Carol and Chicken <laughs> No Sports here uh, on Nuwana's Now, ESPN Radio, SWX by TAD Television, and the ESPN uh, MT app. It's probably presented in part by Hot House Yoga. Been loving the hot house. The, all sorts of uh, it, it, it's it's a little different every time you go, and I think that's what I really love. Yeah, uh, they do a great job switching it all up, and I've been studying the chakras and all the science behind that. Oh, and, look uh, at you! Yeah, it's Getting it's so cool. Zen. It, it's cool. It definitely helps you center yourself in a lot of different ways. So I would highly suggest it. Downtown Missoula. Um, Anything else to add about the hot house? Have you gone this week? I went yesterday morning at 6.30 a.m. Good job. It was glorious and hot. And it was funny because those workouts sneak up on you. Because I left thinking like, oh, I don't know if I worked out that hard. I mean, you know. And then this morning I couldn't walk. Oh, so In the best way. Yeah, yeah, totally. Well, I go check about downtown Missoula Hot House Yoga. Proud to to present the uh, Chicken Dozen Sports each week here on uh, Nuwana's Now. All right, what do you got this week? I don't even know where to start. I don't either. Okay. I took a lot. I have two pages of notes today. Oh, boy. So Texas A&M Commerce versus Incarnate Word. That's correct. Incarnate Word. Yes. Basketball. Yes. Men's basketball had a huge brawl at the end of the game. Yeah, huge brawl. Tuesday. They were in handshakes. They were doing the good good game Mm -hmm, thing. mm -hmm. What happened? I'm not sure. It's also just funny to me i hope i don't get in trouble for saying this but it's just funny to me like i mean carnet word it's a catholic university i mean the name yeah, the, exactly. the name is very i mean it's a christian school right just i mean i'm not saying all christians are just no, but clean it, living but it's just it's funny a, like the word of god and it's supposed to be right. like jesus and forgiveness and not punching each other in eight the face. players were suspended a girl in the stands was hit i'm not sure by a fist or what um there was so it was crazy. But then this week, there was also a fight with Texas State versus Southern Mississippi. Girl, women's basketball. Whoa. Five players ejected. Whoa. UCLA player. I, I, sorry. A UCLA player was ejected for elbowing a Utah player in the throat. Whoa. What is happening? I don't know. Why are they all so mad? I don't know. They are living their dream. Playing basketball. Do in you college. think that there might be more fighting in the competitive arena because there's less fighting in the world? What do you mean there's less fighting in the world? Where have you been? What do you mean? There's no fist fights. There used to be a fist fight downtown Missoula every single weekend. I haven't seen a fist fight in years. You haven't been downtown in years. Uh, that's not true. <laughs> I'm sure there's know. plenty of fights. It used to be like an activity, though. Like, let's go fight. Let's go fight. That's... I don't think young people have that no, you're mindset probably, You're definitely right about that. But I'm just confused why there's been so many fights in in sports like this like yeah. the, what is up man i don't know i think we could have a deep conversation here if you wanted i think that there's a lot of uh i think that that stare being able to stare at a screen helps us deflect often in terms of conflict and then all of a sudden we don't have nearly as good at coping mechanisms i think that's a great assessment i, I think people have really hard time like arguing and fighting because they think it's like final do you know what i mean well, like, and a think, lot of them talk of, so much smack on their keyboards. Exactly. Maybe they think they're talking like they're on Instagram when they're like, yo, your Absolutely. mom. Absolutely. Yeah. You know, it's like one of the best pieces of advice I ever got. If you're fighting with your partner, your wife, your girlfriend, whatever, 
Don't do it on text. Oh, God. Yeah, no, that's the worst. It's because you're just going to, both of you are going to get out, out over your skis and then you're going right. to, if you do do it over text, rehash every single thing that was said in text in person so that you can like calm yourself a little bit. Yeah, no, you never fight over text. Never fight over text. No. But I, I just think that that's it, right? Like mm-hmm. a lot of times with conflict, especially with young people, they can just get on their phone. Right. They can just look at their Instagram. Or maybe something was started on Instagram before the game even. You never know. Like you unfollowed me. <laughs> I just I think that there's a lot of uh, issues that a lot of people, not just young people, have this day and age with conflict. We need more fights. We need more school. Uh, uh, no, fights. I think we need more healthy conflict, though. I think people need to realize that you can totally argue and scream at, at people, or not even scream. You can have like conflicting Views. conversations, Absolutely. and and it doesn't mean that your relationship has to be over. Or you're fighting. It just means you don't agree on a, a certain totally. thing. I, I mean, I definitely agree with that. This is like such a huge part of why divorce, I think, is so much higher than it used to be. Because now it's like you either internalize it and resent each other until you have these huge blow-ups and then you break up, or you just can't handle the little ones and then they just manifest into big ones rather than just fighting it out. You know what yeah. I mean? <laughs> or, yeah, I mean, there's a lot of reasons, but yeah, I think... Nick was telling me there's a kid, a couple kids, boys in middle school that just want to fight all the time. Well, that's good. Let's fight. Let's fight. And yesterday, Nick's like, I almost did it. I almost did it. (laughs) Some kid wanted to fight him. You know, I don't necessarily think that uh, bad, like vicious fights are not good. But I do think that scuffling a little bit when you're in your early teenage years is just kind of in you, you know? Yeah, I mean, and I always say don't throw the first punch, but throw the last. Wow, look at you. (laughs) Badass Buckta. There's your deep introspection. I don't know. I think more than anything, we just have more exposure to all this stuff. I actually don't know if there's more fights going on in college basketball than there ever has been. I just think that it's easy for them all to be conglomerated into one moment. And then all of a sudden, like all these happen in one week. And now we think there's like a Thing. Right. Well, we're seeing more of it, too. Yeah. Um, I did do some Googling because I wanted to know. And the NCAA was pushing sportsmanship after last year's season because this is for women's basketball. There was a 33 percent increase in technical fouls. Hmm. So I but I couldn't find anything on men's. But, you know, hmm. I didn't dig that deep. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know what that's all about either. Yeah. Also, uh, did you know that flopping is now a technical foul? It is. For I love sure. that. Yep. I learned that today, too. <laughs> Not as now ESPN Radio. Uh, officials education here on the mm-hmm. Chicken Desert of Sports. Uh, what else you got? Do you think Caitlin Clark is the GOAT? Of women's basketball? Yeah. Wow, that's a it's an excellent question. I, I do think that the, the determination of who is the quote-unquote GOAT, the greatest of all time in women's basketball, comes with so many caveats because – the opportunities for so many of the pioneers of the women's game were so limited. Oh, that's an interesting like, take. Like okay. when Cheryl Miller was playing for USC and then the United States Olympic team, Cheryl Miller was absolutely the GOAT. Mm-hmm. There was no, there was nothing after that. Like, cause there wasn't a professional women's league. Right. Especially in America, you know? Yeah. Like I've talked to Montana State's women's basketball coach, Trisha Binford, about this a lot. Trisha Binford was a senior in college in 1996. She was an excellent basketball player. She went and played in Australia for several years because there was no pro league in America. The ABL had been around for just a brief moment in time, but it had sort of started to fail. The WNBA was starting to get some legs, and they they really used the momentum of that 1996 uh, gold medal winning team. Mm -hmm. But there's this group of gals 
there's certainly upward trajectory of women's basketball in the mid-90s, but they weren't quite there. So Coach Binford played in Australia for several years, and then she went and played in the WNBA, but that by that point she was she had already played professional basketball for a long time, and then she wanted to get into coaching. She wanted to have a family. Yeah. So her career was like sort of over even yeah. after her second year in the WNBA. There's a lot of gals like that, a lot with Montana connections. I mean, Karen Deaton, who's a longtime oh, yeah. Missoula Sentinel basketball coach, she played in that ABL before it went belly up. And she was just a little bit – she was a senior in college, I think, 91 or 92. She was just too far ahead of her time. Like She would have absolutely been a star in the WNBA, but the WNBA just didn't exist. She was a teacher at Hellgate Elementary. Okay. And – um. She used to walk Ben. Wait, Karen Deaton or Don Deaton? Don Deaton was probably the one at Hellgate. I thought it was. Karen and Don are sister-in-laws. All right, disregard. Okay, regardless. <laughs> I know you're talking about the one that teaches at Hellgate. She was my first basketball coach. Yeah, whoever that was was yep. so sweet to Ben, and I'll always she's, remember she's it. She's a great she, gal. When Ben would, he was really shy when he was little. Yeah. And she called him Big Bad Ben. <laughs> it was so cute. I love it. I like can picture it right now. Um. So is Caitlin Clark the GOAT? This is such a deep question, Bukta, because the other part is that there's a whole, there's only one sport in America in which the college version of it, the players are revered significantly higher than the professional version of it, and that's Mm -hmm. women's basketball. Women's college basketball is a big time sport, and Caitlin Clark is taking it to a whole other level. Nobody's watching the WNBA. Right. Nobody. But I'm, okay, so the, the goat in college women women's college basketball. That's another interesting question. From individual accomplishments, she has to be on the Mount Rushmore. There's just no way you can put her above though some of the other great players like Cheryl Miller or Lisa Leslie or Cheryl Swoops or all the great UConn players like Brianna Stewart and Maya Moore and because she's never won a championship. Ah, that's what I was wondering. Yes, okay, she's never so- won a championship. They lost in the championship game last year. They're certainly one of the favorites again this year, but they're not the the unquestioned favorite. So, well, Jay Williams from ESPN, yes, yeah. says she is not the goat yeah. because she has not won a ring, and he says the only way to achieve greatness is to yeah. I don't know anything about sports, <laughs> but I disagree. Wow, I just think if you're good, if you are the greatest player of all time, you have to elevate your team to the greatest. She has elevated college, women's college no basketball doubt. to no a doubt. level. No I doubt. mean, those March Madness if you're, if you're talking about her her status as an icon, she absolutely is. Yeah. Because she's a true household name. Yeah. Sabrina Ioeska and uh, Ella Della Don and all these gals that have come recently, Diana Tarazi. basketball fans know those names. But like every, you know, Man or woman on the street doesn't know that name, but like right, right now, Caitlin Clark's on the tip of everybody's tongue. People She's one are of the biggest stars in America. Watching basketball that never would have watched women's basketball before because of her. And they're they're also choosing regular season women's basketball over men's basketball. Right. That's so, that's a that's a new thing. Yeah. So I I get where you're coming from with the ring and the championship and all that, but the fact that she has brought so much attention to women's basketball to me and she's amazing she's amazing to watch she seems super humble too and uh it's that midwestern part of her <laughs> she she's humble she's 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 got a lot of bravado though as no, well No, she does but like she's also i don't think like um who was that chick on lsu's team who angel reese yes who kind of got a little 
egotistical. Yeah, and, yeah. And she's had a very up and down year this yes. year after they won it. Yeah. Caitlin's kept her eye on the prize. She's just there to, you know, make baskets. <laughs> make baskets. <laughs> if she goes, what you if, do? if they go out and win it, it's a, it's a huge Then she's the GOAT. The other problem is that there's almost no parity in women's college basketball. So that's the other th- that's a very big credit to Caitlin Clark. She's elevated Iowa into this hierarchy that's almost impossible to break into. Yeah. I mean, UConn's won half the national championships over the last 20 years. Like if you you know, all those gals I just named from UConn, they're great players. They also played with all the other best players. That's something that's so fascinating to me about women that compared to men. Men, especially at the collegiate level, when you're when you're a young man, Everybody wants to be the man. So they very rarely do they want to go team up with the other man. Right. You know? They want to be the star. They want to be the man. Right. Women are like, well, first of all, I know I can beat her out. But also, if we play together, we're going to rule the world. Because we're smarter than men. It's so true, though. Yeah. And like for a long time, Gino Ariema would get 10 of the 20 best players in all of college basketball on the same team. And they would just kill people. Yeah. I mean, they won 90 games in a row at one point. That's crazy. And that would just never happen in men's basketball. So, uh, there's a lot. It's a it's a deep question. I wonder what she's majoring in. Yeah. I don't know. Huh. I'm just curious because I mean she's not, the WNBA is the WNBA. Yeah, I mean that's the thing that's so crazy is Caitlin Clark will have to take a significant pay cut when she goes to the WNBA. Maybe she won't. She will certainly go play professional basketball, probably overseas. Hmm. And I mean, she'll play in the WNBA as well. That, that's what's crazy, though, is like these these gals, they make way more money in the Russian league than they do. Oof, don't go to Russia. We the learned WNBA. the hard way there, remember? Well, if you do go to Russia, just leave the pot Leave at the hash. Home. It was hash. Okay, okay. regardless. Yeah, just, just just don't bring it on the plane. I wouldn't go to Russia right now. I, I wouldn't either, but if just don't bring the drugs on the plane. <laughs> right, or shove them up your butt. You know what I mean? God. <laughs> Shove them up your butt like everyone else does. God. Jeez. Here we go. Canceled on Chicken Us <laughs> Now Sports again. Why do you keep thinking? I'm just keeping it real. I'm trying to find Caitlin Clark's major for us, but her... She's undecided. Her list of, of accolades is so long, there's no room for what They're she's like, going oh, to by school the way. for. It's like three pages worth of what she's done in her career. Unbelievable. Okay. Yeah. Uh, no Audis Dalio Speed Radio. Chicken Us Now Sports. Uh, what else you got? All right. So do you remember in the Super Bowl when Travis assaulted Andy Reid. I'm just kidding. Screamed when he at screamed him, yeah. at him. Travis Kelsey, that is. I know we're on a first name basis now with Kelsey. Well, I mean, is there another Travis on the team uh, that no. played in the Super Bowl? Nope. Okay. Okay. Anyway. Um, it's like Madonna. We'll never know what he said. To That's what he says, right? Well, apparently NFL Films mm. has the recording. Mm. But they apparently have a vault. They're embargoing it. And they will not ever release it. Wow. wonder what it was. I don't know. I don't think it's anything like that deep. I think it was probably like throw me the bleeping ball or like, yeah, let's get our heads out of our rumor has it. He said, like, keep me in or okay. put me in or something like that. But apparently because it got such bad press, they want to keep it. I just think I was talking about this with Coach Marty. I don't know why it got bad press. Because people are insane. People are soft is what they are. Yeah. You got to understand that like most of the time you're not going to yell like that with that sort of authentic emotion unless you like love the person. 
Like you only yell at your kids. Like you love your brother. Like you know what I mean. You sound like an abuser. No, I'm just saying. Like I would never. <laughs> I hate you because like, I I'm love probably you. not going to just yell at some person in the community or like one of my clients like that. But I would definitely yell at one of my coworkers like that. And well, probably not actually even that. But I'd definitely yell at my brother like that. <laughs> you but know what I mean? I think the players yell at each other like that too. Right? Definitely. So I think it was the. When he bumped into Andy, people were freaked out. But sure. also, I don't, he definitely didn't mean to do that. That was like, yes. he wasn't going up there and like pushing. You want to know who doesn't care about this at all? Andy Reid. Andy Reid. Right. <laughs> yeah. Well, it's all these, it's just people love to nitpick everything going on. They and do. it's so obnoxious. But I think they just want to try and make it go away, even though I don't think it was that big of a deal. It's not that big of a deal. I know. People are. Ugh. It's not that big of a deal. People yell at each other in sports all the time. Yeah. I mean, we used to yell at each other in City League basketball all the time. You should have seen how I yelled when I played tennis at myself. I, I bet. <laughs> uh, 127 million watched the Super Bowl, the most viewed television event in American history. How about that? How many of those were Swifties? Uh, well, that's the other part is everybody's still freaking out. Oh, she got so much screen time. 53 seconds. I that's know. How much it's so she stupid. Got. Who cares? Also, like, I just don't understand how this is a surprise to people. I thought one of our my journalism colleagues, who's a, a writer, she tweeted, she said, the biggest indication of how far reliable news sources have fallen is that people think that a hot football player and a hot music star dating is a conspiracy. Right. Like, what sort of crazy world do we live in? Like, famous hot people have dated each other for the old, the duration of modern history in America. I don't know why people think this is like a, a phenomenon. You know right. what I mean? He's also in Australia right now. She's on the Australian leg of her tour and he just mm. landed there yesterday and mm-hmm. they've been out and about throwing some shrimp it's, it's on the also, bobby. It's also such like an American centric story, right? Right. She's American. He's American. We think football players can't. There's nobody that can be more fo- famous than a football player. But then there is a person that's more famous that's in so Taylor funny Swift. About it, right? But like, we never had this phenomenon with nearly the frenzy. Like Giselle Bundchen is at the height of her fame was way more famous than all these people we're talking about. Right. I mean, she was the number one supermodel on earth. <laughs> like, right. And there was no conspiracy there theory. There was no weird. It's like, oh, the hot quarterback for the Super Bowl champions has a beautiful, a beautiful supermodel. supermodel. It's not that crazy. Right. Speaking of, and I, they used to show Giselle up in the prog- right. box all the time, and no one was freaking out. No, it's people are so insane. It's because I think it's because there's there's never been a, a famous uh, sports person's girlfriend that had the frenzy around them. Right. They've been famous, but not... Not like... Taylor Swift is like Michael Jackson famous, like where people are freaking out to see her. Yes. And she just had her tour, and Mm -hmm. hundreds of thousands of people, you know, went to her concerts, and it was such a huge deal, and then went right into this. Mm -hmm. So there's just so much press. Like, Mm -hmm. if this had been a year ago, people were still into Taylor Swift a year ago. Right. But, like, this... This time is just is what it's just a it's a busy time for Tay Tay. I always wonder what it would be like if the money thing would just be so interesting. Like when Tom Brady was at the height of his powers, he's making a million dollars a week, mm-hmm. and his wife makes ten times that much money. Yeah, I just wonder what like those conversations were like. Like, hey, honey, your thirty million dollar NFL contracts just are spending money, you know? Or like, we'll just use your stuff to go on vacation. Who's gonna get the check? Tonight? Right, right. It, it's wild. Um, yeah, I. I think it's just so stupid and people need to just relax. Yeah. They're just, oh God, it's just wild. It it definitely is wild. But speaking of Tom Brady, so Giselle was recently interviewed about her relationship with 
this jujitsu instructor that we've been seeing. Oh, she's her. got a new boyfriend. Well, this is what's interesting. So this guy has been in the family's life for quite some time. He was the kid's jujitsu instructor. Oh, God. So she told some news outlet that they just started dating last summer. Okay. But sources close to Tom Brady, and I take that as fact. I take that as credible. <laughs> Say, no, it's more like 2021, which was when they were still married. Hmm. So I feel like they're trying to insinuate that she was having an affair with this jujitsu instructor. Now, in her defense, Tom Brady was having an affair with football. Amen. And so, probably kale chips. And um, Bill Belichick. <laughs> Just kidding. You know, I really would love to know, like in 30 years, what Tom Brady thinks of all of this. Because he, he gets so much praise for his like unwavering compulsive competitiveness and being the greatest quarterback of all time. And he just wins and wins and wins and played forever. That's all great. We glorify it so much, but it's like this dude literally sacrificed his family to prove to himself. He could do this when he's like 75. Is he going to look back and be like, man, I got my rings and stuff, but dang, I I screwed up. I don't know because I guess it depends on how his kids turn out. If his kids are totally messed up, then he's going to have some regrets. Well, I think losing your marriage over, ego is horrible like you you, right that's what I mean I understand it's his job and I'm blah blah whatever I get that but like he had the opportunity to be done and focus on his family and he chose not to I mean he had the opportunity to literally walk off a champion right win the Super Bowl and retire and he did it and then he came out of retirement right yeah that's bad decision making I do think he and his wife were probably having some issues this jujitsu instructor situation sounds a little sketchy um but i think they were probably having problems anyway well definitely so maybe they'd already i I mean who knows but i i think it's really sad i would i would be really bummed out if if it were my marriage and we didn't put our family first no doubt i mean i think that if you're if you have that much skin in the game both sides it's not you don't just get divorced right this is years worth of issues it's happening for a really yeah long yeah time, yeah you know yeah i don't think he retired and she's like okay everything's great and then he unretired and she was like forget it like i well i mean i read that that uh dynasty book all about the patriots dynasty and as early as like 2014 like 10 years ago there's that infamous 60 minutes interview that they did together where she was like, Tom's gotten a lot of concussions and they they haven't been out in the news and I'm worried about him because I don't want him to have concussions. And then the NFL took all this heat, but then they scrubbed it and it was like all this PR and then she like doubled down and she's like, well, I'm not a doctor. There's no diagnosed concussions. I'm just worried about my, my husband's health. But she was like trying to say, hey, don't don't ruin your, your future life. A long time ago. Yeah. So. Well, that's why I was thinking if you, if he's, when he's 75, will he even remember that he was married? (laughs) Uh, Well. (laughs) Was that not I can't imagine that this will be the last time that Tom Brady is going to get married. He's just not going to be solo for the rest of his life. I don't know. He might be. Although he's not. Girlfriends, he's going to have. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's, I think he's dating around. I'm sure he is. Yeah. (laughs) I mean, I'm sure he is. Yeah. Didn't he date two models before Giselle, too? I, I, don't, I don't think Tom Brady has to, like, 
go on the apps. I you think, don't think he's on I think Bumble? Tom Brady just goes in public and stands there. Yeah, but that would be weird too. It definitely would be weird. But like in that that world, you can just have your public. Like That's if true. you're like, yeah. hey, it's like Entourage, right? Right. You just say, hey, call Scarlett Johansson's public. I don't know if she's married or not. She's but, married. But you know what I'm saying. A like, child, yes. Call so-and-so's. Right. Give me a date. You know what I mean? He could be the Leonardo Leonardo DiCaprio of football where he just dates like 25 and under as he gets older. He's like the guy from um, Matthew McConaughey in... Um, uh, what? Days and Confused. Days and Confused where he's like... We they, get older and they, they stay, stay the, the same age. age. God, yes. one of my best friends used to always say that. It's so horrific. It is. Back on, but it's on funny. It now. It's funny in a movie, not in real life. Nuan <laughs> is now ESPN Radio, SWX Montana Television, and the ESPN MT apps. Chicken Does No Sports, uh, proudly presented by Buff City Soap. Buff City Soap located at the uh, Northgate Shopping Plaza. They always got fun stuff going on over there. Great for uh, any sort of gifts. Great for your own self. They are just dropping some new soaps. Some new uh, nice. made in Missoula soaps. So they've got um, handmade scented soaps, peach mimosa and shea, zombie repellent. I mean, how cute is that for kids? Sunkissed getaway and shea, life of the party. I need that one. Sandalwood. <laughs> you need all the help you can get. <laughs> um, lemongrass, eucalyptus and shea. These all sound they, they smell amazing. So go check out Buff City Soap Missoula uh, in the Northgate Plaza. Um, locally owned and operated, uh, go on Instagram, Buff City Soap Missoula. They always post special offers and sales and all that stuff. And then join their rewards club. That's where you get the good stuff. Appreciate Buff City Soap for their continued support of us here at uh, ESPN Radio. All right, what else you got? We only got a couple minutes left. Um, okay, Adrian Peterson. Yeah, the running back. He, running back. Um, pe- there were all these rumors he was in trouble financially Ooh, because – a bunch of his really special items went up for sale um, mm. at an auction, like his Rookie of the Year trophy. Whoa. Well, it turns out he hired an auction company, to, like an estate sale company, to go through his storage facilities. And he's like, just take anything and sell it, da-da-da. Well, he didn't authorize certain things, he, oh, but he didn't realize there were some of those things in there. So those things went up on auction. So he's trying to declutter. He's trying to declutter. He's trying to, you know, spark joy. And then all of a sudden his rookie rookie trophy. trophy. Yeah. So um, he can't get a hold of the people at this company to get them to take down the stuff. It's a total disaster. I don't know if that's a scam or what. Point like a point to be made is he made over a hundred million dollars as a player. So I don't think he's in trouble financially. I think he was like trying to get rid of some old cleats. He probably made a lot of money in college, too. There's a scandal in Oklahoma. This is predating the NIL stuff where uh, there was like a car dealership slash car wash like place. Yeah. That was paying every player on Oklahoma like tens of thousands of dollars. But each one only had to work one day a year to get their annual salary. They wanted to save Adrian Peterson. So they basically scapegoated these three guys. I only know the ins and outs of the story because one of the guys ended up playing for Montana. He had to transfer to the Grizz. Um, but yeah, that was uh, quite a scandal there. At, oh, uh, wow. Well, um, I think he's okay financially, but I hope he can get his stuff back. Well, I mean, if he's okay financially, couldn't he essentially just buy it back? Well, that would be stupid. That would, that would be. <laughs> um, can I also say one thing? I know this is my last one, but can I actually? Sure. Tonight is the premiere of Summer House. Thursday night. That's tonight. West Wilson from Montana State. <laughs> or Bobcat football player, is going, friend of the show. Is going to be on it. I asked you if we could get him on the air. 
and you did not reply. So I, I'm sorry. Uh, we <laughs> As if you have him. a newborn or something. Yeah, yeah. We can text him. Let's yeah. do it. All right. Well, anyway. He said the uh, last time I texted him about it, he said this show is going to be fun and sassy. I can't wait. <laughs> Summer House Tonight on Bravo. Very nice. Uh, no Autos Now, ESPN Radio. Thank you, Carolyn. Thanks. Nuanez Now on 102.9 ESPN Radio Missoula. So Montana, welcome back. Nuanez Now, 102.9 ESPN Radio, as well as SWX Montana and the ESPN MT app. If you're watching us on the app, Coulter Nuanez out of studio for the last segment here. Andrew Houghton taking you home on your Thursday. Happy to have you with us. Had a great show for you today. First hour, just a bunch of news briefs from... Uh, the Big Sky Conference, local high schools, Big Sky Conference indoor track and field championships kicking off in Spokane today. Coulter Nuan has already broke the news for you in the first hour. Shelby Swain, a Missoula native, uh, the Big Sky Conference indoor pentathlon champion for Montana State. Congratulations to Shelby. We'll continue bringing you news, results, uh, etc., from the Big Sky Conference indoor track meet uh, tomorrow on Nuanez Now, and then we'll recap the whole thing and we'll have some interviews with the stars of that championship track meet next week right here on Nuanez Now. We also did a little around the Big Sky Conference in men's basketball. Montana Grizzlies taking on Sacramento State tonight at Dahlberg Arena. We talked all the way around the league. Eastern Washington looks like they've got the number one seed sewed up, but here comes Weber State. Second hour, great, in-depth, enlightening interview with two filmmakers from the Big Sky Documentary Film Festival, Daniel Glick and Ivy McDonald. The film is called Bring Them Home. It tells the story of a small group of Blackfeet people and their mission to establish the first wild buffalo herd on their ancestral territory since the species near extinction a century ago. We also had some laughs with the chick who doesn't know sports. Tomorrow, Rajim Seabrook in studio. Plenty more for you on Nuanez Now. Thanks for listening. We'll see you tomorrow. Coulter Nuanez from ESPN Montana here at the M Store. Proud to present our Nuanez Now podcast each and every day, available on all of your various podcast hosting platforms. One of their awesome partners, a guy that really is uh, helping spread the word about the M Store, is Grizz All American Junior Bergen. What's up, man? Thanks for coming in. Yes, thank you for having me. First of all, you got a cool t shirt. What's it like being on a t shirt? You're a kid from Billings, Montana, so that yeah. might, it must be kind of surreal knowing there's a t shirt of you at the M Store. Yeah, it's pretty cool. Um, I went to a couple basketball games back home. And uh, I saw some kids running around with I love shirt it. on. And it was really surreal. It was a cool moment, cool experience for sure. That's so cool. You guys do such a good job of embracing how much the community loves you. But when people are looking up to you like they do, I mean, they think, I mean, you're the man right now <laughs> for the <laughs> University of Montana. What's yeah. that like being a Montana kid? Um, it's different for sure. Um, you know, growing up, you kind of look up to guys like who are in the NFL totally. and stuff like that. But, um, you know, it's just great to have a, a positive influence on these kids' lives. Um, you know, I just wanted to make sure. Uh, I set the example and lead by example and give them someone to look up to. Go check out the M Store. They're located there at the corner of Higgins and Broadway here in the city of Missoula. And you can also visit anytime online, MontanaMStore.com. They have all the latest and greatest, a whole bunch of original Grizz gear. And, of course, they have Junior Bergen T-shirts. Junior Bergen, proud partner with the M Store, as well as us here at uh, ESPN Montana. Thanks for swinging by, man. Yes, sir. Thank you for having me. The M Store, where they're all Grizz all the time.